Hello, Baker McKenzie welcomes you to Connect on Tech, a global podcast series covering legal developments on data, technology, privacy, and security that impact your business. Here's your host, Brian Hengisbaugh, Global Chair of Privacy and Security. We're very glad today to be joined by Amy De La Lama, a partner in our IP tech practice group uh, based out of Chicago, formally, but realistically living in Colorado. Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate the introduction. Looking forward to participating today. Sounds great. So we're going to be focused today on telehealth. We know that um, with COVID-19, there's a significant expansion uh, of the need for telehealth. And we're going to talk about some changes in the especially privacy regulatory environment as to what organizations should be thinking about. Um, Can you give us a quick summary of what we're seeing in terms of telehealth and changes in response to the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this is a, a crazy, unexpected time. And, you know, our healthcare providers that are on the front line, as well as patients, are really trying to understand what's the best approach in terms of receiving treatment um, while trying to keep healthcare providers and patients safe, also trying to keep volume out of hospitals and office settings. So, you know, with that in mind, there has been a a real surge and really in the last few weeks in particular to move as many patients and um, doctor visits or with other healthcare providers, not just doctors, but nurses and healthcare providers um, to other telehealth platforms, such as video conferencing, over the phone, chat, Um, all those things that facilitate um, some sort of medical care without having to have an in-person visit. Great. That makes good sense. And then talk a little bit about the challenges that that would pose, uh, particularly from a a regulatory perspective, privacy perspective. Yeah, I think this is a time when, you know, um, an expression you use a lot of building the car while it's moving, people are trying to understand how do you meet patient needs? How do you meet the practical reality that we really need to be apart to keep each other safe um, while still meeting regulatory requirements. And the most significant requirement in the United States is the application of HIPAA, which governs most patient data in most circumstances and um, really imposes some stringent requirements on healthcare providers as well as their service providers, which are referred to as business associates. And in order for service providers to access protected health information or PHI um, and for organizations to lawfully disclose that information, there's a whole series of things that need to be done, including the implementation of a privacy contract and the business associate has to have taken pretty substantial steps to comply with the HIPAA security rules. So it's a it's a complicated regulatory environment and it's not something that you can pivot to quickly and do right. So I think um, that was sort of the the regulatory environment coming into it. And providers are trying to understand how they can switch to chat platforms or meet their other obligations under HIPAA while still um, making the switch and offering these telehealth services. And can you give us, that's great. I mean, can you give us a sense of why is it difficult? You said it's difficult to just at least... uh, prior to some of the recent changes I think you're about to just flag for us, why would it be difficult to just pivot to be in compliance with this? Don't you just need to sign a contract with magic language in it? Or what what actually would need to be done to be in compliance? That's a great question. And, you know, um, actually prior to 2013, that was 
sort of all that needed to be done, at least on a superficial level. But um, after the implementation of the High Tech Act in 2013, business associates are directly subject to HIPAA and required um, to comply with what's called the HIPAA privacy and not the actually the HIPAA security rule, excuse me, which not only encompasses an extremely comprehensive set of security rules and um, measures that business associates have to evaluate and potentially implement. And if they don't implement, they need to determine what they've done in its place. But it also is is an extremely complex sort of documentation requirement that um, you have to have a documented risk assessment, you have to have a plan for mitigating those risks, and um, need to appoint a security officer, and then, you know, also be cognizant that by stepping into the arena of a business associate, you're now potentially subject to um, Office of Civil Rights, HHS uh, enforcement for violations, which can be very substantial. So those are just a, a few of the the sort of the roadblocks for companies who just haven't been in this space before to to address and try to kind of consider. And then, you know, the other thing is that many of these organizations are trying to step in and provide these services on a discounted or on a volunteer basis so that, um, you know, they can offer these services to patients and kind of do their part in helping things move forward. So those are a couple of the complications. Um, but I would just say it's like any, you know, any situation where you haven't previously contemplated complying with a complex law and want to step into an area and begin offering services while trying to figure out how to make, how to comply. No, that's great. So it's it's a lot in terms of uh, substantive work to do due diligence around security and privacy, uh, and then also document what you've done. And just there's a, there's a lot of pieces to it. Now, have there been any changes uh, that U.S. authorities have announced to sort of help address these issues? Yeah, just recently, um, as I said, the Office of Civil Rights of the Department of Health and Human Services is the enforcement arm of HIPAA, and just. In the early, I would say March 20th or the week before that, the week leading up to that, they issued guidance and some related FAQs, really acknowledging that these are extraordinary times and it's just critical that we're enabling our healthcare providers or covered entities, as that term is referenced under HIPAA, to provide telehealth and telemedicine and to be able to move forward and offer those services on an urgent basis, which, you know, with the way things are evolving makes a lot of sense. And as a result, they issued FAQs and guidance indicating that they would not um, seek enforcement against covered entities that used telehealth providers, chat services, other platforms like that. Um, They'd not seek enforcement against them if those, if they haven't sort of run that completely to ground. If, for example, they don't have a business associate agreement or those providers are not completely in compliance with HIPAA. So that's a big, that's a pretty big shift. They did issue some guidance of um, where, what you can't do, say, for example, use a a publicly facing application that people could get to on a public on a public website but you know th- that announcement was really an acknowledgement of how extraordinary these times are and how important it is for covered entities to be able to offer these services to be able to look for, for providers on really an expedited basis um i think it is really important to note though that this was a, a couple of things it's a, a limited enforcement um, exemption meaning at some point they will lift that and even in the current time, um, the rest of HIPAA would apply. So it's not sort of meant to be a free-for-all where you can say, well, I'm just going to you know, forge ahead and 
the most important thing is being able to provide these services and everything else kind of falls by the wayside. That's really not what this is intended to do. When you say the rest of it doesn't just fall by the wayside, do you mean, for example, if there's a data breach, there still would be a data uh, breach notice duty that the covered entity might have to deal with? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I would say from a practical standpoint, not only it, you know, would there be a breach notification obligation, I think that's one of the risks that it'll just be absolutely critical to keep in mind because, you know, this is a time when it would be easy to have a data breach go unnoticed or unreported or, um, you know, to for, to be in circumstances where it would be easier for a data breach to happen. So that's right. So those obligations do not fi- fall by the wayside. Organizations still really have to be thinking, you know, how can I provide the best service in compliance with HIPAA? I think the other thing is, is, you know, organizations, the, the guidance makes clear that if you can meet the HIPAA requirements, even with regard to a business associate agreement or, you know, using a business associate who has taken the steps to address HIPAA compliance, that's obviously the better position. But that's right. It's not it's not meant to be a full sort of suspension of the obligations of HIPAA. That's great. Okay. And uh, just maybe in our last 30 seconds, looking down the road, what is it that uh, companies should be thinking about? I think companies need to start thinking about what do they do to make this a long-term solution? I think we are in for some changes that will last beyond a month or two. And this um, enforcement exemption will not last forever. So I think organizations need to be asking themselves, how can I put in place these these arrangements in a way that meets the requirements of HIPAA down the road? And conversely, business associates or providers who maybe aren't business associates in terms of compliance yet really need to be thinking about what they need to do to bring their operations into compliance with HIPAA so they can continue to stay in this area after things start to revert back to a more, maybe a new normal. Perfect. Amy DeLama, privacy partner with us out of Colorado. Thanks for the great update. We look forward to getting an update a little further down the road. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast when we connect on tech. For more information on data and technology, subscribe to our blog at connectontech.com or visit our website at bakermckenzie.com.